Welcome to yet another episode of Monster Dear Monster, a multimedia monster podcast. I'm your host for this evening, Cameron. And joining me, as ever, to my left, Dave. David, how are you doing? I'm good. How's it going? Yeah, yeah, not too bad, not too bad. It's uh, it's the December, December things happening. Mm. I'm assuming the same over <laughs> in your great United States. <laughs> yeah, well, I don't know. The weather's like unseasonably warm, but then it'll dip down to not warm. It's it's inconvenient mm. and everyone's getting sick <laughs> because it's just it's fluctuating uh. too much. <laughs> well, yeah, that's how it goes sometimes. <laughs> And also joining us this evening, our other host sitting to my right, metaphorically, metaphysically, uh, the beautiful Matt. Matt, how are you doing? I'm feeling beautiful. Um, <laughs> yeah, I've had I've had my Pepsi Max. I'm ready to go. I've Do had a, a week. Absolutely, I've had a week of dealing with the snow because we've had snow over here and we haven't had Ooh. snow properly for years. Um, obviously, the whole of Britain came to a standstill with two inches of snow, <laughs> as it always does because we're not built for this sort of weather. No, it's gone away now. It was actually quite sunny today, but yeah, it was, it was nice to have a bit of snow. Yeah. <laughs> it, it was, it was it sort of as, Yeah. Well, I think some places had a bit more, but yeah, average is about two inches. Some mm. people had about yeah. a foot, and it just, yeah, wow. chaos. Schools were closed. Wow. Accidents were happening. Trees were coming down. Um, <laughs> trees were coming down. What's going on? Yeah. I know. I was thinking that. I was thinking, what's happening to these trees? Why do they fall over when it's snowing? So sort of, are, the, are the roots that weak that they can't handle about two inches of snow on? It's, I guess. Oh, I don't know. Wow. Anyway, yeah. this is a monster podcast, not a, yeah. <laughs> not a true well, podcast. Well, you know, you know. <laughs> well, uh, we'll you you both mentioned sometimes. the weather. It's yeah. Uh, yeah, we talk about trees occasionally. Uh, but yeah. you both mentioned the weather, so I'll mention the weather here, uh, taking <laughs> taking a snippet from Dark Inside. Uh, it has been... Uh, unseasonably cool for this time of year, reaching a mere 29 degrees Celsius today. Nice. We, we stayed below 30 for like all of a day. Um, hmm. We're gonna we're gonna hit that above 30 probably for the rest of the year, rest of the year, rest of the year probably hmm. actually, at least until the end of February. Um, for our American listeners, we did not reach 100 degrees Fahrenheit for once. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> So you managed to get your get your winter coats out then for a oh, day. Yeah. I've been I've been wearing long jeans all day. I've not been wearing wow. my shorts. It's been wow. very weird. <laughs> uh, but but as Matt so uh, so bravely pointed out just a minute ago, we are in fact a monster podcast. Uh, this yeah. week we'll be covering uh, Hellboy, specifically the comic Hellboy: Seed of Destruction. Seed of Destruction. Which, <clears throat> sorry. So what happened to my voice there? Yeah, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna jump ahead in the discussion, but I never quite understood exactly what the seed was. But we'll get to that. One of you can enlighten me later, I'm sure. Uh, but before we can, yeah, before we can uh, really jump into the uh, the sort of rubbery tentacly meat of the episode, uh, we have as always our favorite segment. Matt, take it away. It's Yokai of the Week time. Yay! We haven't had it for a couple of weeks. It's been unit of the week the last two weeks. So mm. I know people have like, come on, when's Yokai of the week coming back? <laughs> this week, dear listener, it's back. So uh, now the full gang is back. We're talking about monsters again. So it's only right that we uh, talk about Yokai again. Yeah. So this week we are doing the letter N. 
N for new yokai coming in. Lovely. I'll have some <laughs> yeah, of that sure. for my dinner. Um, <laughs> Nouveau yes. yokai. Yes. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it's the letter N. So, uh, we're, you know, we're making our way through the alphabet. So, we'll have as to always. back around anyway. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's true. Yeah. It's ever go. It's always going on. Yokai the mm. week never stops. Yep. It's a, a leviathan. It's a, an um, unstoppable force. <laughs> Didn't <laughs> <Some Ouroboros. laughs> yeah, yeah. that That's maybe more apt. <laughs> <laughs> so, with that, it's that time. Dave, roll them. Oh, that was that was a, Dave. Are you properly rolling them this week? Because that was a bit of a oh, bit of a hang on. I'll do, light it again. One. I'll do it again. Go on. The bit. Of, put your welly into it, son. <laughs> oh, that's it. That's a bit better. Thirteen, thirteen. This is for our um, German listeners. Yeah, is that? Oh, I've got German stem with me again. Um, ah, makes sense. So I'm practicing. Uh, am I writing Nukekuri or did I yeah. count wrong? That's what I got. Yep. Let's do it. Yeah, we have the Nukekuri. Do you have your own page? You have a disambiguation page with a similar creature. That's oh. close enough. Okay, that's fine. We'll take that. Oh, I know. Apparently, it's just a different name. Oh. Same thing, different name. <laughs> so, there's, there's some differences. Oh, okay. Let's so, find out. We have... There we go. Uh, so, the Nukekubi appears to be a variation on the Rokurokubi. Is that a, um, an onomatopoeic term, the rock rock I'm not sure. <laughs> you turn it into a I'm song not... if you want. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so... Well, uh, no, rock rock it's... Uh, Rokuro-Kubi. Kubi is there, like yeah. its own word, so... Kubi. Yeah, yeah, okay. <laughs> that makes more sense. Uh, they look almost completely like humans with one major difference. There are two types, one whose neck stretch and one whose head come off and fly around freely. Uh, we're interested in the latter. Yes. <laughs> it's flying around. That's scary. So, so the yokai, however, is like a single, like connected being. So the head and the body are both the yokai. It's not a body whose head has come off and flying around. It's a body with a flying head, which, um, like the flying head bit's scary. I'm not so scared of the body just kind of shambling around while the head's detached. (laughs) (laughs) Well, the body doesn't move around by itself. Uh, Let's see. If it moves, the Uh, head can't go back to itself. Body. Yeah, anyway. it's theorized the Nukekubi has a weakness when it is sleeping and the head is floating around. If the body moves, then the head cannot be reunited to the body. So it's it's unclear if the body can move or if that's a theory based around someone moving the body. Yeah, so, you know, surely just... that's not moving because why 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 would that happen? <laughs> <laughs> if the body moves, like it moves, it slightly moves to a couple of inches. Like no, that's it. Sorry, can't reattach now. Oh, I wouldn't like... be surprised. That that sounds like a kind of very Japanese thing. Yeah, well, <laughs> let's, let's be honest. Ijo Kai have got their own rules, as mm, we find every week. Really do. <laughs> every week. 
Unless it's because maybe if the body gets buried, maybe, or something like yeah. that. Like, yeah, yeah, well, like you, you come around, you just find a decapitated body lying around, you're not just kind of leave it there. <laughs> well, it looks yeah. like it is, it does stem from, uh, potentially stem from sleepwalking, like it's an explanation yeah. for why that Somnambulism. Happens. Yeah, let's see. Head separating from the body is interpreted to be the woman's soul wandering while asleep. That's from, uh, the Sorori Monogatari, uh, the chapter, A Woman's Wild Thoughts Wandering Around, which is a very in-depth chapter title. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. In the same book, a man saw a nukakubi that changed into a chick and a woman's head. I'm assuming they mean a chick. Like <laughs> they a mean like a young bird. chicken. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so he took his sword and chased the head. The head fled into a home, and people said that they heard a voice from inside say, I had a scary dream. I was chased by a man with a sword. I ran all the way back home, and then I woke up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there's actually a picture of it on the side there. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> that guy looks really creepy as well. Come back here, you Come back up. Come on. <laughs> I just want to cuddle. <laughs> <laughs> this is he does. He's waving no. a katana around. <laughs> <laughs> Pro tip: If someone's waving a katana around, they probably don't just want hugs. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> monster, monster. Pro tips: They just want uh, hugs. If you it's see our new book coming out in all bookshops. <laughs> <laughs> It's just helpful life advice, but drawn from points of references of like folklore and monsters. (laughs) (laughs) Don't go wandering around at night. You can never tell when it might be a full moon and werewolves will be out. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Don't speak, don't speak to bovine that have got human heads. Yeah. (laughs) They might tell you a prophecy. (laughs) A terrible one. Um, 30 days. (laughs) Seven days. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> all right there's yeah. a so, another there's another paragraph um it says Hokuso yeah, Sadan. Yeah. so it's an uh, Edo period essay by Tachibana Nanke um this uh saying that this yokai is interpreted to be an illness resulting in a detached soul um the story goes in the first year of Kansei in Ichigo province there was a house maidservant whose head rolled off the pillow while she was asleep detached from the body Later in the story, it was explained that it was not really the head, but rather the soul making the appearance of a head. So it's just like an, um, a manifestation of, of the soul leaving the body. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Let's see. Interesting. So in some versions, you know, the people who are part of this uh, get lines around their necks to mm. sort of as a telltale sign. And then in the Churio Manroku, uh, a tale which describes a Roku Rokubi village in the recesses of Mount Yoshino, where all the residents, even children, wore scarves around their necks to cover a line around their neck. Just an entire village of these things just hanging <laughs> out. <laughs> what is their real purpose in this? I don't understand. What's actually... Because what, most, I'm most sure of the yokai... Are... Yeah. Wow. It's hmm. what a metaphor for sleepwalking. Mm. I guess. Mm, I don't think that's all it was. It, there, uh, where was the first part? Somnambulism. Yeah, yeah, but there was another part, right? Um, problem with this, like, 
extensive mm. wikis <laughs> us were uh, <laughs> uh, there's so many paragraphs on this creature there's a lot, yeah, this a lot. oh here Let's we go um, a similar story appears in uh, Shokoku Hyaku Monogatari which drew a lot of inspiration oh, okay blah 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 um, Echizen no Kofuchu uh, Rokurubi no Koto um, there's a story of a man who chases a Nukekubi uh, which is the one where their head pops off um all the way home. It is said that the woman had been shamed by a crime she had committed. So as a result, she left her husband, shaved her hair, and committed suicide. So I think there's oh. probably some sort of social stigma um, being mm. yeah. placed upon women um, that have done something that society deems is inappropriate. And this is a a way to kind of deal with that. Or at least make that um, mm-hmm. they're weaving that into folklore, saying that these women are bad, and this is this is why. Yeah, yeah, that's what that looks like anyway. Something along that. There are so many different examples. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, a, sounds like it. A, a <laughs> um, or the right one. Yeah, it's better than getting nothing. Yeah. <laughs> Apparently there um let me see, in the Edo period encyclopedia, Wakan Sansai Zue, uh Rokurokubi uh like creatures from Chinese lore are described. They're written as I can't interpret uh different alphabets. Uh but they are written as a little translation for flying head barbarians. <laughs> they use their okay. ears like insects. <laughs> um that's right at the uh, the bottom of the Nuke Kubi section. Okay. Oh, here's a here's a really good one. Um, starting in the Edo period, mm-hmm. tales were written about people's necks stretching while they were asleep. Uh, examples of these tales mm-hmm. are Buda Zokuda, Kanden, uh, Kohitsu, and Yaso Kidan. Uh, it's thought that the idea of an extending neck originated from people misinterpreting visual depictions of Nuke Kubi, the earlier kind of Rokuro Kubi. There was the idea that Nukekubi had a string attaching the head to the body, and when this string was depicted in visual descriptions, people misinterpreted this as an elongated neck. Ah. Ah. So we get the Rokurokubi as a, not as a variant, or rather the Nukekubi is not a variant, it's like the progenitor of the Rokurokubi legend. Yeah. Okay. I mean, to be fair, I can imagine, like, you know, people weren't always the world's best artists at the time. So, you know, trying to draw a detached head with a string leading back to the body and just, um, I'll just draw a really fat string because that's easier to draw. <laughs> <laughs> and someone kind of along like, well, that's a neck. <laughs> I feel it should be mentioned that the um, the top image for the page is quite a delightful one depicting uh, two different Roko Rokobi, the uh, elongated index, one of whom is smoking a pipe while their neck sort of just twirls and twists around. Okay. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> oh, Doing it because they can. Here's one last... Um, we'll probably conclude with this, because this is, otherwise we'll be doing a whole episode yeah. on, on these guys. Um, <laughs> on these. Which week we could, but not today. Uh, <laughs> so there's uh, a late Edo period um, illustrated novel, the Reikoku Kaidan Kikigai uh, Zoshi, uh, the author suggests that the elongated necks of the Rokurokubi originate in the spirit, spiritual principle karma, 
in Iku's work, Kaishin, a monk from Inshu, and a woman called uh, Oyotsu elope together. However, when Oyatsu, I guess they spelled it wrong. So Oyatsu collapsed from yeah. illness. Mm-hmm. They ran out of money, so he killed her. All right. Um, when Kaishin eventually returned to secular life, he slept with the girl he met at an inn. When they slept together, the girl's neck stretched and her face became that of Oyatsu, who then told him about her resentment. Kaishin felt regretful his actions of his actions and proceeded to tell Oyatsu's father everything. Um, the rest doesn't really matter a whole lot. So we get that mm. idea of this these long necks and uh, the floating head mm. um, sort of as a punishment uh, upon whoever the victim of the um, Rokurokubi uh, is because of something that the man yeah. did in the past rather than the woman. So that's a, mm. more, I think that's a more interesting reading on it. Yeah, yeah, that's very cool. Well, uh, I think unless we have anything else, uh, no. No, I think that's it. Yeah, that was. Clear that throat. Yokai of the week. Yokai of the week. (laughs) We're just getting better at this, aren't we? Yeah. Practice professionals (laughs) all. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so on to our uh, main meaty topic for the day. Uh, We are going to talk about Hellboy, Seed of Destruction. Uh, This was the first Hellboy comic book miniseries published by Dark Horse Comics from March to June in 1994. Uh, There were four issues, and it falls under the action-adventure horror genre. (laughs) (laughs) It was created by Mike Mignola and written by John Byrne and Mike Mignola, artist Mike Mignola, letterer Mike Mignola. Uh, He did not do the colorization. That was uh, Mark Chiarello and Matt Hollingsworth and was edited by Barbara Kiesel. Uh, that's really all the technical information. The real st- meat of the story is this is Hellboy. So Matt and Dave, <laughs> it's very late at night. Matt and Dave, uh, ha- how did you two come to have this uh, this beautiful red boy in your lives? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I love your reviews of these of these kind of great. <laughs> Thank you. It's Hellboy. <laughs> this is Hellboy. Yes. Is that what it should have been called? Well, actually, because you said that obviously Seed of Destruction was a bit of an odd name for this one, considering there's mm. no, like, what's the seed? Maybe that's what it should have been. It should have been called Hellboy, This Is Hellboy. Yeah. Or, actually, that actually sounds like his autobiography, doesn't it? <laughs> this is Hellboy by Ron Perlman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, but yeah, no. Uh, how did how do the two of you get uh, get into contact or knowledge of our beautiful red boy, uh, Mister Hell, Mister Boy, <laughs> Mister Boy, Mister Boy, Mister Boy, Mister Boy? <laughs> <laughs> Mr. boy. Uh, you go first, man. <laughs> then I'll then I'll go. Okay. Um, well, I actually discovered them because they were on the Amazon Kindle Unlimited uh, thing that's on. Oh. You know where you you basically you know pay a set fee a month for to amazon as mm. they like draining our bank balances at amazon <laughs> um yeah so i discovered it so it was on the recommended for you bit you know they obviously realized that i must have something for comics they obviously must realize that everything else i look at is quite nerdy, so they see <laughs> you feel like the comics um so i actually you know even before we discussed this as a topic i 
I downloaded and bought. So effectively, I got all four, all four versions for nothing, um, or for free, I should say. Um, and then obviously, I looked at them for, um, you know, for this episode as well. And obviously, before that, I'd seen Hellboy. You know, when I think around the time that it, you know the actual first movie when it it came out, quite a few, well, two thousand and four. So I think I saw it give or take around that time anyway um i'm not you know if, if i'm being honest i'm not a mac comic book person I'll, I'll happily read them but i'm not you know i don't have i don't own many comics but i must admit reading or reading and looking at these for this episode i really enjoy these because i think that with some comics they can be a bit you know i don't know just a bit hard work whereas i think with, with this particular uh, short series they're really easy to to get into but the art it the artwork is brilliant and also i thought it's actually a really good story especially when you can comp- you know make the comparisons to the first movie because obviously like i said i yeah. saw the first movie and then I've, I've read these and it's interesting on where del toro went you know considering you know i think he did the right thing for the movie as in where he went because obviously it's obviously inspired the movie, but you can, I don't, because obviously there's not that much meat on the bones in mm. these four comics. You wouldn't, re- I don't think you could get a proper movie out of it without either adding a lot to it or obviously going on a sleep, you know, separate tangent really. But, um, but no, I really enjoyed these to be fair. Mm. Dave. Yeah. I remembered seeing these like on and off uh, over the years in the, the comic shops, uh, for one reason or another, I don't know, I just wasn't really ever drawn to it um, at the time. And then uh, the, the the movie came out and it was, it was Del Toro, so I, was, I wasn't not going to watch it. <laughs> so, so I remember seeing it and I, you know, I, I enjoyed it. Um, but yeah, I guess for one reason or another, I, I didn't, that didn't lead me into going, oh, I'm going to go read all the rest of the huge universe. I think that's what it was. It's a, it was daunting because in the comic shop, it wasn't, um, by the time I saw it there, I don't know how many issues they were into it. It was, it was quite lengthy. So you go look in there and it wasn't, you know, one or two graphic novels. It was like 40, like there's a whole <laughs> section is just Hellboy. <laughs> and, um, I think being a, you know, a student at the time, um, my money was tied up elsewhere and, uh, there wasn't that ease of access of uh, Amazon or other things where you could just freely read the books unless you're you know, sitting in a bookstore and mm. going to spend two hours digging around in, in some comics. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I hadn't read that until we did this. Uh, and and that I was remiss, I think, in that because, uh, as Matt said, I really enjoyed um, the, the comic and uh, the world that it was setting up. I I think I liked the comic more than what uh, Del Toro did with the film because they're they're separate things I think and uh, there's a darker mm. tone uh, in the comic and it's it's a little bit there's a bit more levity going on in the in the film. Mm. Uh, I myself I was but a young wee child when the comics first started coming out. <laughs> like everything that we talk about. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, and even when the uh, the first movie came out way back all those years ago in 2004, I was still but a young wee child. Uh, <laughs> um, so I didn't really, didn't really. Uh, I kind of missed the golden years of Hellboy, uh, wasting them away doing things like uh, trying not to go outside and doing schoolwork. 
but uh, one day I met someone who I never actually got their name. Um, they were a cosplayer and they'd done a really cool Hellboy cosplay. I forget how they did. It. I think they'd gotten one of those big, you know, the big foam Hulk fists. I think oh, they got yeah, one yeah, of yeah, those yeah. and like carved it into his right hand or something like that. And they just spray painted it all red, obviously. That was really cool. Like, oh, that's a cool character. And it was like, let's so, just talk to someone. It's like, oh, who who they who they dressed up as? Like, oh, that's Hellboy. I'm like, oh, yeah, that's interesting. And then I went and I watched the Del Toro movies, and those were really cool. Uh, and I never really got around to the comics until yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, as you both have said, I really like the comics. They're very different to the movies in both tone and sort of like, it feels like, I don't know, it feels, what's that thing? Um... I don't read a lot of comics. DC has the million different technical universes. You know, you've got a different Batman in every universe. Oh, thing. the multiverse thing. The multiverse, got, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, feel, it just feels like there's two slightly different universes of the same IP. Mm-hmm. And it's just started to rain outside, I think. Maybe that's an omen. Oh, you see any frogs? Too much on my feet. Oh, you beat me to it, Dave. I was going to say that. <laughs> Oh, God. Yeah, I'll keep an eye out for frogs suddenly. <laughs> yeah, you got to do what Hellboy does in the comics. Go, get out! <laughs> get out. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to have to hire Show some that more rage. spiders. Yeah, well... Yeah, We've got plenty to choose from. Frogs around snakes. Here. It's true. Yeah. Uh, but I don't want to get the snakes involved, because then they'll find out we have a pond and they'll actually start hanging around. <laughs> Fine day we got. They start. They start talking to each other. Well, yeah, that's I don't know if you heard. <laughs> Cameron's it's, it's getting into summer, so bodies of water are rare. Yeah, bodies of water are resource. We're all, we're all British as well. <laughs> I'm just imagining a tiger snake just slithering up. You know, slithering up the sidewalk, finding another tiger. Like, oh yeah, mate, what are you doing? You're just sunning yourself. Yeah, look, listen, I heard just up in that cul-de-sac over there, they got a right good pond. <laughs> <laughs> Fish and everything. Yeah. Well, I mean, they weren't going to have right an American accent. <laughs> um, yeah, no, no. Um, it's getting into summer, so having a pond, while it is a lovely addition to the backyard, is technically a risk. <laughs> I think everything you do over there is a risk. Everything involves. It's like almost like everything you do over there has got to have a checklist. <laughs> Will it involve a snake? Will there be a spider under what I'm doing right now? Well, you know, uh, you could be going uh, out, oh, we're about to go for coffee. Mm, is there going to be a spider under the table? Is there going to be a snake <laughs> wrapped around my leg? You know, it's like everything's I, against you out there. I do live in constant fear. I will admit this morning uh, while I was getting in the car to go see Star Wars, I saw, and by I saw, I mean, it flew right in front of me. I saw a winged insect I've never seen in my life before, and it terrified me. It was only the size of my thumbnail, but it had a bright orange very fast towards my face, so I freaked out and ducked. Yeah, so I'm like asking you. Some kind of boss. Probably came from the mist. Oh, yeah. God. Yeah, no, um, no it's, a, it's a life of constant fear. As long as the local lake doesn't dry out, usually the tiger snakes don't come around suburban ponds. The tiger snakes? It's a, t- it's a snake right. that's striped like a tiger. See, um, I would think it actually is half tiger, half snake. If you said no. to me, you've got a half tiger, half snake, yeah, probably. I wouldn't. Really, I wouldn't. Did we talk about this before? Uh, Chimeras in Australia. I don't know. 
Yeah, yeah, I think we yeah, did something like that. <laughs> yeah, oh no, I don't um, they're, 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 actually, they're actually the local version of cobras. They're very cool. They do the um the same neck flattening thing. Oh, no, that's yeah. not cool. That's frightening. But <laughs> yeah, you, but everything you, they do out there is frightening. Do you have a? Do you, is that why you've got things like koalas just to you know to restore the balance in some sort of oh, way? You've got no, something mate. that's vaguely are they are they are they evil? I, in some I don't want to ruin. I don't want to ruin your perception of things. So koalas, as you know, subsist entirely on eucalyptus leaves. We're going on a tangent, listeners. Stay with us. Um, <laughs> koalas subsist entirely on eucalyptus leaves. They're very difficult to digest and break down because they're incredibly tough leaves. Yeah, uh, and doing so forms a lot of different chemicals as byproducts. So what I'm saying is koalas are basically off their face 23 out of 24 hours of the day from the food they digest. <laughs> right. They've all got chlamydia and they have razor sharp claws that they can use to climb, you know, a 50 meter tall tree. Oh, uh, joy. Right. They're very cute and cuddly because they're usually quite tired. <laughs> <laughs> God. Uh, but yeah, uh, back on subject. <laughs> yeah, carry on. Sorry. Carry on. <laughs> Oh, I don't even remember what we were talking about. <laughs> I think this is going to end up being its own segment. We'll have the Okai of the Week and we'll have Cameron's Austra- you know, tour of Australia. And just like, Australian out beastie here, out week. back. Yeah, be- yeah. Beastie of the Week. Yeah. <laughs> this week we're covering the stinging eucalypt. Yeah. <laughs> oh, actually, again, side note. Anyone who lives in California, I am incredibly sorry. That is actually technically our fault. Um, oh, yeah. Selling us those uh, so, eucalyptus trees. So um, we sold, 100 years ago, uh, Australians sold California woodcutters a very large amount of eucalyptus trees and failed to mention that they take about 100 years to mature. They also failed to mention that eucalypts actually deliberately firebomb surrounding plants by funneling... But by first producing a mass amount of oil and catching fire and then funneling that fire down channels along their bark towards other trees. Um, so that's actually technically our fault. Why does everything want to kill everything else in your country? It's, it's like, God. Um, yeah, no, it was an evolutionary arms race and we developed the tree that deliberately sets things on fire, which, you know... <laughs> <laughs> this has Man. been beasties of the week um and <laughs> it just it, it's not it's not going to be a regular segment it's just going to happen every now and again yeah <laughs> we even brought it back to trees look at that uh yeah, yeah. come full circle <laughs> it's full a circle, circle of life <laughs> all right all right uh all right. hellboy we're, back we're, to hellboy, hellboy and and yeah. Using our Jesus. frog comment as a segue, um, here's the lore mm. about frogs in the, the lore uh, on the frog, the, the comic. So give it to me. The, it's on my phone, so it's super tiny. All right, frogs like snakes, scorpions, <laughs> ravens, and okay, uh, black cats are traditionally considered harbingers of doom. Witnessed by the following mm-hmm. tale: This is an African myth about a frog. On a day when little water was to be found, man spent a while in thought and realized that he might one day die, never to rise again. Man sent dog to God to ask what he might uh, ask that he might come back to life again, like a, the flowering plant after death. Dog went off and followed his nose toward God. 
He was soon distracted by the smell of soup <laughs> and followed his hunger towards the source. <laughs> I'm laughing now. Um, <laughs> where are we going back? Um, <laughs> of all the things, soup. Yeah. Okay. You got any? Uh, you got any soup, Governor? Well, yeah, I guess it could be Estes soup. Um, <laughs> yeah. Continuing on. All right. Jesus Christ. Uh, someone help me. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Leaning close to watch it boil. Um, dog was content and forgot his mission. Seeing that dog was lost, Frog took it upon himself to go to God. Well, <laughs> I wrote a I'm mission to, to God. Uh, 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 I'm going to edit this out. <laughs> this is going to be the entire episode, but sorry. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> sorry, guys. Um, Frog took it upon himself to go to God and tell him that man did not want to live again. Wow, Frog, way to stab us in the back. <laughs> if man were to be reborn, thought Frog, he would soon muddy the rivers and destroy the birthplace of frogs. I mean, I guess that makes sense. Um, yeah. Dog finally arrived to tell God man's message. Uh, leaning low, he crooned man's need for rebirth in the song of his howl. God was touched by the devotion of dog for man. But God granted the frog's wish because he got there first. Okay. What? <laughs> frog, you lose. Too fast for a dog. First come, first uh, frog dog. What's that? Dog if you went off dog. going getting soup, it'll be all right. You may have got there first. Uh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks, wow. dog. Uh, I mean, well, actually, yeah, yeah. that's that's our fault. We gave him soup. <laughs> Distracted dog. With yeah. Soup. Yeah. We didn't go and say, hey, didn't we send this dog to go talk to God about something? Why are we letting it sit around? He's going to travel really far. Let's give him some soup first. Yeah. Oh, and the little <laughs> barrel and collar. Yeah, no, no, a little yeah. flask around. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's one of the thermos flasks so it doesn't get cold. That's <laughs> <laughs> <Got> it. <laughs> I think I swamped by an avalanche for this. Sent the yeah. wrong dog. <laughs> it's like a dachshund just wants some soup. It's too small. And Uber Eats in the Alps are really different. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Um, yeah, no, frogs. Frogs are awful. Don't trust frogs. They are everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> What? <laughs> I can't remember the last time I saw a frog. <laughs> really? No, we, we nothing happens over here. We, so we, okay. if we, had, if we, if we had plagues of frogs, think what, think what would happen. We couldn't handle two inches of snow. If yeah, we had true. frogs everywhere. We would two inches of frog. <laughs> yeah, it's, you think you'd have no. more frogs? There's quite a bit of rain there. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, obviously yeah. it's too depressing for even the frogs to be here at all. Yeah. So yeah. I don't. Or the frogs no. just yeah, die on. because the Thames is filthy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it's fine now. <laughs> it was technically dead at one point, but it's fine now. <laughs> it's no longer it's no longer the Ankh of Ankh Morpork. Yeah. Well, <laughs> that's okay. We have the Hudson. We'll, we'll take that. The Hudson's pretty bad. Anyway, yeah, I saw. Uh, yeah, carry on. 
Yeah, yeah. I don't know um, what frogs. we're doing. Frogs. Um, <laughs> frogs. So, so the frog, frogs, frogs come up because frogs show up and um, Hellboy's immediate reaction to a frog is, Run! <laughs> yeah, that was a bit odd, wasn't it? I know, obviously, yeah, there's a greater mean to it, but obviously, I suppose that it, you know, it spells. He's been talking to that that cow with the with the um, human's <laughs> head again. Yeah, he's been going. He's been talking to that one again. He's like, he knows that something bad's going to happen. He's been speaking to to the bovine with the human face. So well, yeah, so the frog. So, I mean, to be fair, he ignored the the, he ignored the frogs the first time. He was like frog. And yeah, then, true. you know, his dad what's, what's was murdered. So then he became angry at yeah. frog. <laughs> the frog killed his dad. Don't talk to me about frogs. <laughs> killed his dad My and then was killed by a frog. Friend. <laughs> yeah. Frog, frogs are pretty bad, man. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, the, the reason frogs keep showing up is that they are actually um, the sort of the heralds of the frog monsters, very originally mm-hmm. named. Um, which uh, are sort of the main mook-style, goon-style villain unit. I don't know what um, Unit? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're going back a couple of weeks now. There's, we? more than, there's more than one of them, therefore they can technically form units. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm serving my unit of frogs. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, but uh, the frog monsters are a race of sapient humanoid frogs created mm. from humans affected by the power of Sadu Hem. Yes, they which, call, uh, they're, they're called, very cool looking. They call the are they call the because it's reference to the Dragon Kings, isn't it? Towards yeah. the end of the of the of the comic. So is that is that actually what they're called, or is that where the power their power comes from? Um, so, so the Dragon Kings, I believe, are referring to. Seven chaotic gods sealed mm. in crystal somewhere in far space or another dimension, which is what you see. Um, the dra- that those are the dragon kings. Uh, I'm pretty sure the frog people get referred to as sort of titans at some point. Yeah, same, same. I think yeah, the same part. The, yeah, they're the they'll be a strong titan. The, yeah. Um, so the Ogju Jihad are the uh, Cthulhu seven like elder god. Yeah. Um, things that are encased yeah. in crystal. They had 369 offspring, which are the Ogdruhem. Um, wow. Which the Ogdruhem are the things that one of them uh, is heralded by the Plague of Frogs. The other one, each each, each of the Ogdruhem have their own, uh, something like a pantheon, their own sort of thing that they do, like their little theme. Um, and Saduhem is the one that uh, uses the, the frogs. Mostly. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, ba- basically, they're just uh, they're kind of big, monstrous frogs. They've got these really cool prognathic jaws with, like, two upper tusks. So that um, the, the art on the wiki page for them is really great. It's, they're, doing, um, they're doing the baboon thing where the lip just folds all the way back and all you see is the gums and teeth. Yeah. Yeah. They, they're a really great design, to be honest. I really like them. Yeah, cool. Yeah, and they're very, very, very strong as well, and very tough. Oh yeah, as Hellboy finds out. Finds out. <laughs> I just keep punching at me. Don't go down. Yeah. <laughs> Even with my stone fist. Well, Hellboy himself is pretty strong, but they're they're arguably yeah. stronger than he is. He just has a immortal stone hand, or not immortal, but indestructible yeah. stone hand. Hmm. 
some crazy crazy rock fist going on um yeah uh they they've got these long weird tongues that uh leave pock marks all over you if they sort of wrap that wrap any bit of you up in that uh they're, they're venomous tongues i guess um hellboy describes them as just sort of numbing everything which yeah, uh, yeah. and then when it Creepy. when the numbing goes away they like it's excruciating pain it's sort of like a, mm-hmm. uh, a jellyfish stinger, like the tentacle. Yeah, yeah, yeah that makes sense. In the, yeah, it looks like a jellyfish sting to me. I'm not going to expound on that. <laughs> Being stung by jellyfish that that happens. Um, oh, that's a shock. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, there, there's a lot of extra information in this wiki that is not actually related to seed of destruction yeah so, we'll, we'll get into that into a later episode yeah. um we'll just yeah, deal with so. uh saduhem i think is uh mm. the tertiary the focus he's not monster. really even the main uh our, our yeah our big bad boy here is uh rasputin yes. i love rasputin it's awesome <laughs> grigori yeah. rasputin right uh, for Gregory Rasputin in uh, our tier of things does come Saduhem, which is honestly uh, reading reading the comic. My first thing was, oh, so um, that's where Miyazaki got Ebriatus from. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, it looks, <laughs> looks pretty similar. Yeah, uh, it's it's a big old mound of tentacles with a bunch of eyes in the middle. Uh, can't go wrong. Very good. Solid design. Ten out of ten. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Nice review there. Yeah. Um, but, you know, this, the uh, Saduhem was imprisoned on Earth, so Ogdru's Jihad, uh, the Chaos God things, would always have, have a foothold in the world from which they were banished. Uh, Rasputin found it in a temple at the top of the Arctic Circle and then just kind of uh, meditated in front of it until some more people came along. Uh, then, da-da-da. Yeah, Trevor Broom, I believe is how you pronounce that last name. Well, that's the yeah. thing. It, well, I, I saw because it's, it's isn't it Bruton? It's Bruton Holm. Holm, yeah, but they but call the, him Broom, was, don't they? Yeah, he, he the comics like he insists that it's pronounced Broom, and I'm Broom. like, oh, and that's what they call it. Okay. That's what he said. That's what he's called in the movie as well. Mm. Um, yeah, so uh, Trevor Bruton Holm or Broom comes along uh, with an exploration party because yeah, we're going to go explore the Arctic Circle. Um, oh, we found a giant Cthulhu monster and a monk. Um, anyway, the newly awakened Rasputin Saduhem devoured most of Brutonholm's exploration party, and Broom was actually allowed to escape and return to America. Uh, I'm not sure exactly why they let him do that, but I think it was so oh, that he yeah. knew he knew he was the he knew he was the father of Hellboy. So I think it was because obviously ah. it's, it's it's all it's all about this like a prophecy isn't it all these things have mm. to happen and obviously basically he wants hellboy to be you know to end up in the place where everyone you know where everything else is happening as well so i think yeah. the idea is let let him go and somehow you know and over time rasputin get you know get some of his power back because obviously when he find him he's in a very weakened state so he uses a time let's thing you know lets time go by for a while gets his powers back and then obviously once he's you know back to how he should be then he'll, you know, deal with Hellboy then. So, whereas I think, yeah. obviously, if he killed off him then, then, you know, these set of events wouldn't happen, basically. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. 
Yeah, and I think that's our, or at least part of our subtitle, Seed of Destruction. Um, I'm reading that as Hellboy is the Seed of Destruction. simply because, The Seed of Destruction, um, yeah. yeah. Rasputin is playing like a really long game here, and uh, yep. he, <laughs> yeah. he initially summoned um, Hellboy to Earth uh, in order to serve as a key uh, to instigate Ragnarok. Um, Ragnarok, time. yep. <laughs> which would um, yeah. pave the way for um, why do these guys have crazy names? Uh, Ogju Jihad <laughs> uh, to yep. Yep. arrive on this plane and you know wreck destruction and havoc, wreck stuff. Yep, yep, <laughs> yep. Yeah, uh, there's not actually a whole lot of information beyond uh, this was meant to be sort of the conduit being between Rasputin and uh, the. Through jihad. Mm-hmm. It's, otherwise, it's just a big tentacle monster living under a, an ancient manor, which, uh, I mean, yeah, cool. I I always dig that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, again, it, the, you know, I know you, you were sort of joking about it a minute ago, but the, the Abritus comparison is very mm. appropriate, yeah. both in looks and where they where they're situated you know because Abreus yeah. is <laughs> down Locked below hidden ways yeah, yeah exactly so <laughs> nope makes sense mm. yeah uh, uh any other thoughts uh Dave potentially on our uh beautiful tentacle side of him uh no not really I'll do a there's a short paragraph I'll read out of the larger uh, entry on Ogdu Jihad, <laughs> just because I think it's sort of okay. important. So we have the origins for Ogdu Jihad. Uh, in the beginning of time, God created an order of spirits. Of these, many of the greater spirits were sent to newborn earth to oversee it as watchers. After a time, one watcher named Anum dared to take fire from the air, and with it, fashioned out of mud, the dragon. The Ogdru Jihad is thus made up of four classical elements. The other Watchers set their seals on the Ogdru Jihad, and yet the entities did not come to life until nightfall. By then, the awakened Ogdru Jihad are instilled with purpose and function, as they instantly give birth to the Ogdru Hem, uh, who become Earth's first life forms. So yeah, the the lore and mythology on this is like, it's fairly deep, and uh, Mm -hmm. we're not going to cover this in one or two or three episodes. There's there's a lot going <laughs> no. on. So we'll we'll be returning to Ogdru Jihad um at a at a future date. Uh I think as far as um, yeah our Ebretus buddy uh the designs is really cool. I'm just looking at the, the comic panel yeah, right now. Even has those like little yeah. wings. Yeah, those little vestigial uh, wings claw on the side. things. Yeah, yeah. Mm. though it is just a very well done giant tentacle monster. So yeah, well good the job. designs on like everything is just really good. Yeah, yeah very true. good. Yeah, uh, <clears throat> th- this initial comic does have a fantastic style. Top points. Um, uh, no, maybe not. I'm not so sure about Hellboy's legs, but apart from that, yeah. <laughs> it's just like, he, he's this massive barrelly upper body, and then he's got these tiny little legs in like, it looks like black leather booty shorts almost. He's got these really short shorts on, <laughs> and these really short, weirdly bent legs. I'm like, uh, he doesn't look tall and strong in certain panels because of that. 
He should always be tall and strong. He's Hellboy. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I get the design element with that, but um, yeah. Uh, yeah, and the sort of the mastermind between the Seed of Destruction plot is uh, that famous uh, historical figure, not completely fictional, is uh, Grigory Rasputin. Absolutely. His design is, I think, is brilliant, especially the mm. the, ri- the ritual version of him, one where he's wearing that uh, outfit with the oh the big the, robe, yeah, the big robe, yeah. and with the the you know the well, I suppose like a gauntlet, the electricity mm. gauntlet, and even yes. in the film, it's very good as well. It's done really, yeah. really well. It's that sort of alternative history, you know, <laughs> Wolfenstein thing yeah. going on, isn't it? Really, and it, it it's really good. I love. I mean, I I think the whole concept of Rasputin, because I I used to, I'm going slightly off a tangent here, but I used to uh, learn Russian at school, as one oh. of my, um, even though I must admit it's all gone now. <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm out of the loop, so I wouldn't be able to talk, you know say it anymore. Oh. But yeah, I learned Russian, and my and my, my um, teacher used to uh, tell us about Rasputin, and it's just it's just a fa- fascinating character, the whole concept mm. behind him. And I think obviously they've used the fact of what happened to him, you know, many years before, which obviously is, you know, is the law <laughs> behind him, you know, obviously being, you know, hung, drawn, quartered, castrated, drowned, poisoned, everything else, yeah, you know, everything yeah. under the sun. I think it was great. That, and that made, <laughs> and then obviously now he's come back and, mm. you know, he's doing all these evil things. It, it makes sense. It, you know, it doesn't feel out of place, which I think is really good. Um, so, yeah, I think he's, he's a really well-designed character. What's, what's, yeah. what's Dave done? Sorry. Oh right, yeah. Dave, in the chat, just put Boney M. Rasputin, BBC Top of the Pops, uh, nineteen seventy-eight. December oh, Christmas, 19th. yeah, Christmas, yeah, Christmas Day, nineteen seventy-eight. Christmas, Christmas special, uh, yeah. the best song ever. So, uh, so <laughs> what I'm getting from this is that uh, Rasputin survived the events of Hellboy and went on to have successful pop career. Absolutely, uh, he just right. thought, I don't want to be doing this anymore. No, I'm tired of getting killed. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Look, just yeah. that's what happens when you relax for a bit. Your hair grows back, you know, and and you have a shiny afro, which is beautiful. Mm. Yeah, no. Mm. Uh, I mean, being uptight did pretty well for him. He got what was it? It was poisoned, stabbed, shot, yeah. clubbed, castrated, yeah. and drowned all in one evening. Yeah, that's and one hell of a night. Yeah, yeah. better. And then you know, the, in in reality, he died after all that. Eventually, kind mm-hmm. of, but not entirely sure if it was the drowning or the exposure that actually got him mm-hmm. in the comics he's like oh yeah no that, all that happened to me i'm fine yeah, so. brush off <laughs> flesh wound this is not but a flesh wound <laughs> <laughs> well so um, yeah you know uh, i guess we're looking at that so in the comic he um this is when he's approached uh i guess psychically by um uh, Ogju jihad and mm. um, revitalized and given immortality to yes. uh, free his yeah. eldritch uh, master from their crystalline multiverse tombs. Prisons. Yeah. yeah look, it's rough getting stuck inside a giant space rock for millennia on end. <laughs> As you would know, Cameron. <laughs> uh, you know. <laughs> I stepped outside and got glassed once. It's fine. Oh, <laughs> No, I didn't actually. <laughs> it's basically the same. 
I said it, it got glassed. Like, I was thinking, like, in the Halo set, so you know they glassed the planet. And then I went, oh, no, it's Australia. People will assume someone came and just yeah, hit me. and smashed you with the glass, yeah. <laughs> I mean, has happened. Wasn't intentional. Someone fell over with a bottle. Uh, didn't hurt that bad. <laughs> it wasn't like an actual hit. <laughs> they just kind of ran into me with a bottle in their hands. <laughs> Cameron, you, just, you come across like you're a modern-day Rasputin, without no. the evil, evil side. You're just brushing I've, things off. Uh, I've got the poisoning and the stabbing and the clubbing down. I've not been shot, and I don't intend to be, and I've not drowned, and I don't intend to. I'm a very good okay. <laughs> <laughs> You just got to work on that pop song, and then you'll be all set. Yeah. Sorted. Get that afro going. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, actually... <laughs> you, didn't, you didn't you didn't know me two years ago <laughs> i wish i did now <laughs> much less controllable back then <laughs> uh, uh well i think yeah. we covered the the main we, we didn't really dig into the plot but that's not we covered the we villains did. we covered the villains yeah. and kind of what happens uh how is this different from the film what did Mr. Oh, Toro change or add? <laughs> he did a lot of adding, I think. <laughs> yeah. Some yeah, uh, I, I was going to say, the, for me, the one, one of the main differences I found, which isn't necessarily monster-related, but is the fact that in the comics, Hellboy is a very prominent and public figure. You know, he's, mm. he's, he's accepted by the world, or whatever that means. He obviously... Yeah. And the, but in the film, he, you know, he's like, no, he doesn't, he doesn't exist. You know, the yeah. sightings, you know, he's, he's compared to the, you know, to the Yeti, you know, and things like that. Mm-hmm. So it's just funny that why there's that contrast. I know it often happens in a lot of these movies where, you know, these, these heroes, especially when they're, you know, in quote marks freaks and, you know, will get considered that like that, that they, <clears throat> You know, you know, a bit, you know, a bit like the Ninja Turtles. You know, they're sort of pushed away. The yeah, you can stay under the sewers, and you know, they're sort of like the public eye. Um, whereas, you know, like I said in the in the comics, he's very accepted, um, mm. which is quite funny, really, because obviously, if you think that he comes into being in what nineteen forty four. And they sort of just, accept, you know, even in, well, I suppose in the film they do as well, where the soldiers mm. and, and Professor Broom just accept him. He's like, yep, he's one of the lads. Um, and, and then, you know, eventually becomes the world's best, you know, paranormal investigator. But mm. which, you know, I suppose why not? <laughs> you know, yeah. that's, what, what, that's what probably would happen. Whereas, like I said, the films do, you know, it's just a bit, it's a bit, I think it would have been better if Del Toro had gone that way where he said, oh, yeah, you know, he's just, he's a public figure. You know, he's not, he's not, you know, he's like Batman. You know, people yeah. know him. Yeah. <laughs> or Superman, I should probably be a better <laughs> comparison. Um, so, yeah, that, I think that, that's one of the most obvious to me straight away mm. differences. Um, yeah. But I think, I think the character of him is quite, consistent i would say yeah. i think he's uh, you know you know overall um reading mm. you know he's violent grumpy and you know and uh <laughs> but and obviously but obviously uh, you know cares for his father figure as well so yeah. i think the other the other main thing is the i suppose uh what's her name uh, elizabeth sherman is a bit mm. whereas i think in the comics she's just a friend you know just yeah. someone that's part of the team the whereas obviously she Whereas obviously there's a romantic connection in the in the movies. In the movie, yeah, uh, I, I can't help but notice you failed to 
address the most significant change where Mr. Del Toro is the torch of liberty. <laughs> yeah. Because, he should be he would be in Watchmen, uh, wouldn't he? That's what when would. I first saw him, I was thinking he he's straight <laughs> I mean, my first my first instinct was actually was like I didn't know the uh, this was that Hellboy was a DC property. I don't know don't know why Robin's fighting Nazis. But, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um but yeah, no, that was like I don't, that really that felt really different for me as someone who'd only really watched the movies and hadn't actually read a lot of comics in general up until that point. It was like from the movie standpoint, you don't get the idea that this is the setting where heroes are just kind of a thing. Uh, <laughs> True. And it's like, no, uh, you know, we we kept the weird demon kid on from the recommendation of uh, our buddy in spandex with the with the Statue of Liberty's torch on his chest here with his USA belt buckle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which, he's a fantastic character, and I hope there's more of him I can go discover later. I'm assuming there is. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, th- I, th- I think yeah. for me as well, the one, one I think big difference sort of in the, what would be the middle part of the comics mm-hmm. and therefore the middle part of the first movie is yeah. obviously on the second part of the comics, the you know, um, Hellboy, Abe and Elizabeth go mm-hmm. and obviously investigate the, what's her name? The Emma Cavendish, Cavendish, Cavendish yeah. family and go to that side of things, which is obviously a bit more, of a detective, mm. you know, story yeah. really, isn't it? Whereas in the movie, obviously they wanted it to be an action movie. So mm. what would be the equivalent in the movie, Hellboy and Abe go and, and obviously come across the, is it Samuel? No, how do you pronounce it? Samuel. 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 Samuel yeah. That's it. Um, which again <laughs> is used mainly more for an act. So Sam, yeah, we'll call him Sam. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, oh, good old Sammy. Um, they meet Sam. <laughs> Sam! And, uh, Where's hey. Jeremy? Yeah, <laughs> yeah he'd love that. Don't go dark side, Sammy. <laughs> <laughs> Don't go dark side. He's the angel of death. Can't <laughs> <laughs> do anything for him. <laughs> but he, he, you know, that that's was set up for action scenes, really. Oh, yeah. Whereas, like I said, I, I think yeah. that, I think they put him across as a hero whereas in the in the comics again i've only read seed of destruction mm. at this point but I, he comes across more as a detective yeah. you know that ends up having to fight whereas mm. he's in the new in the films he's fight first work out things afterwards a bit yeah. i suppose a bit like you, you could compare him a bit to batman in some cases where obviously in the you know in the sense that batman is a detective isn't he yeah. really he's yeah. just just he knows he's got billions of pounds to oh, sorry billions of dollars just say sorry <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's not from blighty um and he <laughs> he's you know he's got money behind him too and obviously knows martial arts but primarily he's a he's a detective and that's and the fighting comes as part of it whereas like i said the movie hellboy is you know fight first ask questions later yeah yeah um, and speaking of Samael, the, um, while the design is actually pretty decently consistent between mm-hmm. comic and movie, like reading the comic, I went, oh yeah, no, I know exactly what that is. Cause they look actually incredibly similar. Same stance. They gave him, they gave them dreadlocks yeah. in the movie. <laughs> dreadlocks and tentacles. Dreadlocks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but apart from that, like the actual design of the Samael slash frog monster is really, really consistent, which is great. They're really working with the source material to its best there, I think. 
Um, yeah, Samuel are, like, from a law perspective, incredibly different. <laughs> uh, so mm. the frog, frog monsters are humans that have been turned by the power of uh, Saruhem Saru yeah. <laughs> into these monsters. And so, like, it's illustrated, you know, whenever Hellboy kills one, it's just a... Uh, and some goo, effectively, which is actually a really cool touch. Um, and in the movie, Samael, not a frog monster, uh, is an actual demon slash angel <laughs> devil thing. It's not 100% clear. Yeah. Uh, some kind of supernatural entity that has been trapped in mm. just a pile of salt inside a statue for centuries on end, um, which really does... I know Dave, you spoke a little bit about sort of the... Um, really does speak to the difference in tone because, you know, the movie is this big bombastic action thing. We've got, we're dealing with heaven and hell. And then in the comic, it's who managed to get transformed by some eldritch powers. It's much more sort of Lovecraft detective work style than uh, anything in the movie. It's, it's an Innsmouth feel, but a little more. <laughs> He's got that look. face. That Innsmouth look, you know, the prognathic jaw with the lips all the way up the face and the teeth out half a foot in front. uh, Those big googly eyes. Those big googly eyes. Spock marks ever it goes. (laughs) The Innsmouth look. I think he's a a very well-designed creature, actually. I like the fact that Mm. obviously he's, obviously his its main I say he, its main uh, Mm. thing is obviously to be able to resurrect and can almost heal itself on the spot there's mul- yeah. multiple times where it and its multiple clones um <laughs> end up you know having broken arms and limbs and it, and it, it just yeah. sort, of, sort of almost reses itself on the spot doesn't it uh, i love it it's, i love its name as well the, when when um abe is you know read now it's law which i thought was actually very well done actually it gave, it gave it some context is the fact it's called the desolate one um, yeah. And they, call, I can't remember now. Is it the, the, I feel hound like the Hounds of Hounds of Resurrection? That is yeah. brilliant. That is a really kick-ass name, isn't it? <laughs> Hound of Resurrection. That's my next band. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No. <laughs> yeah. No. Uh, it, it, they definitely put work into making it feel like a like an actual idea, an actual not an actual thing, but something realistic within the world of the movie. Yeah, it's, you can just imagine, like, yeah, we've got this ancient script going on and on about this one thing because you know someone saw this thing happening once. It's like, well, no, we got to make sure we have everything written down. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, they they both lay lots of eggs everywhere, both in the comic and the uh, the uh, movie. Yep. Although I believe the actual egg laying comes up in different comic series, mostly. I'm believing. It doesn't. I don't really remember a whole lot of egg piles in the uh, comic. No, I think it's in one of the later issues. You want the later ones? Yeah, I saw a lot of arcs involving frog monsters, so I'm assuming there's plenty of good frog monster goodness to go on. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll find out. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, and Matt, you mentioned Abe. Uh, Guillermo del Toro, <laughs> bless his heart, uh, just straight up gave Abe psychic powers. Yep. <laughs> Yep, why not? <laughs> why not? We need someone to, you know, be able to exposit things for no apparent reason. 
Well, it, I suppose it's, it's the, you know, it's the yin to Hellboy's yang, isn't it, really? Yeah, it's the fact yeah. that, that, that he's, you know, Hellboy's a bullish, just gets stuck in mm. a hard man, whereas Abe is the, you know, the other thing, yeah, the brains behind it, you know, which mm. obviously I know they're, they're trying to be their, their stereotypical, stereotypical archetypes, but I think yes. that they contrast really well. And he's a, he's a really, I mean, I think what, I liked about them in the movie, especially, which you don't, you know, doesn't really come across in Seed of Destruction, is mm. the fact that Abe, I don't know, he's just he's just so well des- designed, and the fact also he he comes across as a Del Toro design as well to me. Mm. I, you, you know, he oh, just yeah. uh, he just you know if he went yeah, Del Toro design is behind him. Yeah, yep, yeah, yeah, I can see. Yeah. He's actually he's the obviously the, he's the voice of um, oh, what's his name out of Frasier. Um, Niles, Niles out of Frasier. Um, is it the Hyde Pierce? David Hyde Pierce? I think that's his name. I could be yeah. wrong. Um, but the actual actor is Doug Jones, and didn't he? Wasn't he the Pan in Pan's Labyrinth? I Doug believe? Jones is everything in uh, <laughs> yeah. any Del Toro. Anything that's a Creole yeah. chorus was is a, on the back. Yeah, Doug Jones. Um, he's yeah. also in the. He's the creature in Shape of Water. And yeah, he was the angel oh, was of death right. in okay. um, yeah. World War Two, Golden Army. Yeah, yeah. And, and I mean, and a bunch speaking of, of shape, Yeah, <laughs> speaking of speaking of the shape of water, uh, that's I think that might actually be Del Toro's Abe fan fiction. I'm not sure though. <laughs> <laughs> Found a fish man in a jar. <laughs> <laughs> Which I've not I, seen that movie, but I should. Yeah, yeah I haven't no, seen, I it seen it either. It looks good. I think it got a limited release. That's yeah. cool. I don't know. Yeah, I think yeah. I know. I know Jesse from a uh, Salt Report went to see it because she was yelling on Twitter how many weeks ago about Del Toro lying about uh, fish genitals. <laughs> <laughs> I did. I did actually notice as well that there is again. I'm slightly off tangent here, yeah, but no, you can ahead. tell this in the movie. That quite a few little references to other movies I felt of, of del Toro's. Like there's this one scene where they're in the, in the Bureau of what's the Bureau called the Bureau of paranormal, paranormal research, research, research and events. Yeah. Um, so that's the one rolls off the tongue. And <laughs> um, there's a, there's a scene where you see only briefly a glimpse of it. You see these fairies in a, in jars. They're obviously, mm. you know, stuck in these jars and, and, they look so similar to the fairies in Pan's Labyrinth. You can tell that there's, yeah. there must be some reference here. And also, especially with um, the Hitler's assassins, Cronin, Cronin, I think his name is yeah. Cronin. He's again, he's very, very giving that vibe of Kronos. You know, just yeah. this is, you know the the workings, the ticking. Yeah, the you know, it's just the clockwork. Yeah, you know, again, it's so Del Toro. And <laughs> so you know, he's any excuse. I mean, actually talking to Cronin, he he is an awesome character. I love him. Mm. In the, I mean, again, you don't see that much of him in the in the. He, he looks. You know his design looks yeah. cool in the comic, but he's not. Yeah. He doesn't really he have much of a part. Does anything. No, but <laughs> he in, does in the, in the it, second. Um, the, I think I want to say it's the issue, not issues, but the the volume after Seed of Destruction. I want to say, yeah, right, um, okay. He's oh, that's cool. figures more, but again, um, he was reworked um, pretty extensively for the film. Uh, made it a much right. you know cooler figure. Um, 
He's yeah. pretty much just a scientist he is in, the, uh, in the, the comic. Uh, yeah. He's, he's just one of those characters that you think, wow, you just he just looks awesome. Mm. You know, just the, the blades out of his, uh, coming out of his... You know, of his wrist, are they really? Yeah. The back of his wrist, and just you know, the clock, the fact that he's got like dust for blood. You know, he's got <laughs> he, he's got a surgical addiction, and yeah. you know, it's just uh, he's so creepy. You know, because the fact he's a glorified zombie, isn't he? With yeah. with yeah. you know, armor and and clockwork workings, brilliant. Just just you know, he's just so different. You know, he, mm. he could be he could have just been a just a, a normal guy, normal assassin, but I think he's so well designed. Yeah, yeah. What other differences are there? There's a million more. Oh, um, oh yeah, I'm just thinking of the big ones. I mean, um, uh, let's see. We don't get a, and this is a true travesty. We don't get a panel of a panel in the comic, I should say, of Hellboy just being smothered to death by a million cats. Cats, yeah. Ian we know he loves cats. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, uh, it, it, the film, the, the comics, and the film almost started quite almost identical didn't they really you oh, got yeah. that scene with rasputin you know calling the portal and and mm. you know, even with the the german officer saying you know you can't you know you can't fail hitler on this you you know this yeah. has got you know and even again both films had that um you know you see again you see cronin in both of them at that point it's only mm. really so and even the, the point with the photograph don't they where the soldiers are photographed with hellboy at their feet you know again Mm -hmm. that's all really very similar it's just then it goes quite you know off tangent at that that point i suppose yeah again it's hitting that sort of supernatural paranormal detective more than you know glorified romp around the world action adventure yeah exactly i mean there's no russian zombie no. Out directions. No. no. Exactly. That. that is awesome. It, that is so, it, it feels like it's going to be out of place. It just, it just goes. Yeah, that's fine. I can, I can, I can buy that. <laughs> that was brilliant. Not any worse than anything else. Yeah. I suppose it's difficult with the comics because they're, you know, they're not obviously that long, and even, you know, even when parts are put together, it's not. A ma- you know, I imagine they're about they're about twenty five pages. So it's about hundred yeah, it pages. It was one hundred and thirty pages. Um, oh, about hundred thirty. Right. At least the digital edition was, but that uh, that's counting like there's a couple extra art stuff in the back, and then prologue yeah, yeah gets, that's true. Yeah, um, and covers. Yeah, mm. and then they also did uh, two Hellboy animated features, which I, I haven't seen either of those, but they oh, okay they no, hew no. closer to the comic. Um, than the films apparently, although in, in a nice turn, um, almost all of the, the voice cast is the um, actors from the film. Cool, oh, nice. That oh. is good. I was, I was I was seeing that Del Toro is the voice of um, that Russian corpse as well. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> he's uncredited for it, but supposedly, uh-huh. yeah, he did the voice for that. I mean, he's uncredited a lot of his cameos. Yeah, to be fair. He, don't, he, he don't want the limelight. Didn't get credited. Didn't get credited for man walking dog and Kronos. No, that's so. true. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. Those are all the real. I mean, yeah, the real major difference between the uh, Seed of Destruction comic run and the first movie is tone and some details. Yeah, uh, yeah, basically. 
Yeah, and they're sort of changing up what they're using as the villain. I mean, I mean, Rasputin is yeah still the main villain, but Cronin features um, much more Mm -hmm. heavily as we kind of discussed, and he Mm -hmm. also is um, he's who kills uh, Brutenholm in the film. Yeah, uh, yeah, which sets up that like sort of vengeance plot. Whereas in the comic, it's it's Mm -hmm. the, the frog. Frog dog. Yeah. Frog, <laughs> frog dog. Frog dog. Frog dog. <laughs> Sounds like a really bad hot dog. Come <laughs> get your frog, frog dogs. Oh, it's just made of dog legs. No. In a, in a meat casing. Uh, <laughs> 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 like everything yeah, does. Everything tastes a bit like chicken. <laughs> Oh, dear. oh that that's actually another difference. Um in the film, the Sahudam I'm never gonna get this name right without actually looking at it. <laughs> um in in the film the big Eldritch beastie uh doesn't happen until right at the end when Rasputin's actually killed. Yeah. That's true. Because, uh, you know, Rasputin's been doing these seances, these meetings. Well, I mean, he's literally thrown through a portal to meet the uh, the Ogre Jihad. And apparently he's just been bringing back a little more of them every time. And so at the end of the film, when he dies, he's like, well, you've unleashed the unnamed god. And there's sort of a mini chestburster scene. Yep. Uh, which, at least my favorite moment in the film, which is, how big can it be? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, whereas, you know, in the actual comic, it's a fairly technically consistent present. Presence, not yeah. present. Good lord. Uh, <laughs> yeah, well, that's a present. Great, I'm great at talking. This is my hobby. <laughs> it's late presents. for you. Don't worry. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, think that, I think that's all the real major differences. Yeah, uh, not missed anything too important. I don't think. Maybe. I think it, it, it focuses. Sorry, to yeah. interrupt. I think it focuses more on Hellboy, and mm. as opposed to obviously the film does elaborate more on people like Abe and Elizabeth yeah. as well. Yeah. You know, and obviously uh, John Myers as as an FBI agent and and things like that. Whereas I just think it's a shame in the comics you don't really get much context for Professor Broom either. Mm. You know, whereas obviously in the movies he has a you know, the more the first movie, I should say, he has more of a presence, which again, I know it's time and yeah, um, what you know, you fit in what you feel is relevant. Whereas you don't really, you don't feel that connection between them in the comics. They just, yeah. you know, you just, he just, he's, he's dead before you, <laughs> before you know like it really. So, you know, part, that, that's what I mean. He's like, Oh, he's gone now. Whereas, you know, he had, he, whereas in the least in the movie, you do see what, what importance he was, you know, what, yeah. what he's created, you know, which again, I saw obviously in the comics, they didn't feel it was relevant, I guess. No. And I think it may be, um, you know, this, a lot of these things in the comic aren't in um, like chronological order. It does a lot of flashbacks because it can afford to uh, use in the, this medium. Mm. Um, so I'm thinking in later uh, issues, it explores more of there. It's not just Hellboy, you know, it, it splits off into like, for other series um, that deal with <laughs> characters that are like mentioned uh, tertiarily in the comic, and they'll have they'll later have their own like entire series devoted to themselves. Yeah. Which yeah, I'm gonna 
have to start diving into these comics to be Definitely. honest. Same <laughs> That's why we did more. this. Yeah. Just in time for Christmas. Um, <laughs> I was already doing more reading and more everything. Oh no! Tell me about more it. And more. Yeah. Yeah. Do you, do you think I want you guys to have free time? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No. For money. Free, yeah. No, not allowed money and free time went awry. Yeah, yeah, I'll join you on this podcast and then bank balance and time and just start crying. That's <laughs> <laughs> ah, all good. We get to discover new things. Exactly, exactly. That's what it is. You know, it's, it's, a, it's not a journey just for the listener. It's a journey for the... Yeah, that's what we're all on this oh, one yeah. big journey, learning new things, whether it's about yokai, monsters... <laughs> You know, beasties. beasties, you know, beasties. it's all sort of, you know, all Snakes. units, you know, in, in our, in our spin-off <laughs> show, you know, it's <laughs> Oh, <laughs> uh, dear. Yeah. All right. Cameron, do you want to wrap us up? I think we're. Yeah. Uh, this has been Hellboy Seed of Destruction. Um, Seed you of should destruction. read it. You should read it. It's good. Yeah. Definitely, yeah. and I said it at the moment on the on the well, at least the UK Amazon. If you've got, I know Kindle Unlimited, but like I said, is was I think I've got it free for free. For, oh, I can't even get my words out. Free for three months yeah. <laughs> um, at the moment. So even if you just you know say yes to that offer, you can download all four parts for free as part of it. Wow. So yeah, you know, that's so, really good. So yeah. yeah, you know, do it. It's also mm. through um, the oh. affiliate Comixology, uh, which is mm. it's oh okay spinoff of Amazon, I guess. Um, there's yeah. that's why I'm reading all of these comics. I, I end up finding like a trove of stuff that I don't have time to read. But, um, <laughs> it's like a I, I paid for the subscription because it's cheap. It's like I don't know under ten bucks, mm. um, but I think the first month is free. So I just downloaded crap ton of comics and just been reading through <laughs> all these volumes and uh, getting into like mouse guard and stuff that i just never had time to before because i wasn't going to spend 20 bucks per graphic novel um but it's no, there so I, i'll uh look mm. into some more of the uh mr boy <laughs> comics yeah, mr mr mr, mr. boy oh <laughs> 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 uh, god um, yeah, this has been uh, for this week, Monster of the Week. Uh, you can find us on the internet. We're on Twitter at mon underscore demonster. Please send us in feedback and uh, thoughts about our various episode topics. We do uh, tend to give at least a few days warning before we record. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, yeah, like get, a get, a, get in some feedback. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> Not like a week usually, uh, unless we do something spontaneous as we occasionally do. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, you can find the podcast at mon underscore demonster on Twitter. You can find myself on Twitter. I'm at night underscore twin. That's a uh, night without a K uh, because I'm in Australia and everything I do online is at night. So I can do it with American people. <laughs> ah, uh, see what did there. Yeah, no, uh, you know, tweet at me, talk to me, give me attention. I desire it. Um, Dave, where can people find you on the internet? <laughs> I'm uh, I'm on Twitter at sentinot underscore plus. That's that's pretty much yeah. Uh, there you go. Where and I'm it may be in the notes. Phone. Yeah, it might be in it the notes. Could be in the notes. Uh, and Matt, yourself? Yeah. 
Um, I'm also on Twitter, at NinjaBadger7, the number seven, because it's my favorite number. Good. Good number. Good number. Um, Solid number. Yeah. Uh, until next week, this has been Monster Dear Monster. Later. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Cameron. <laughs> yeah. Night-night. Yeah. Night-night, Cameron. It's, it's a Saturday. It's quarter to 2 a.m. on Saturday. Hell, boy. Oh,